you know, mm. like production's really stressful for me. Mm -hmm. So um, yes. I'm a type A person. I like to have my ducks in a row. And there's just so many ways that ducks aren't in a row as in life. As soon as you get there, the ducks are running amok. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, hello there, Cinevives family. Oh, hi. We hope that you're having an amazing start to your week. And to complement that, we have a special guest for you and a special episode. Mm-hmm. We are joined today by Melissa Salpietra, who is an editor, our first editor on the Cinevives podcast, and what a special treat it was. Mm-hmm. Even just hearing her story and how she got started. Yeah with spiders and trips around the world like yeah that's interesting enough alone to keep listening and spiders eels new zealand oh my <laughs> i think this is probably one of the best origin stories we've heard up to this point honestly it's really interesting yes it truly is and she talks with us also about her experience working with narrative projects and how her workflow goes. She kind of gets into a little bit of the nitty gritty, which is interesting and maybe something that you've never heard about an editor or what they do. So mm -hmm. we're excited for you to hear that. And without further ado, here's Melissa. Thanks for being with us, Melissa. How's it going? Sure thing. It's going good. So you are an editor in the film industry, if we can say that. Yes. Mm. What has been your story? How did you get to this? Were you always wanting to even work in film? And then beyond that, why editing? Do you want the long or the short story? Can we get the medium, perhaps? <laughs> medium story. Okay. Okay. So it starts with spiders, then goes to eels, then goes to deep sea diving, then goes to Charlotte and editing. We might need the long story. I like this. Okay. So I always liked art when I was in high school, when I was a kid, and I always loved science. When I went to college, I got a degree in biology. Mm. And so I went the science route, and I worked for a couple of years in the science field. And so I, I made that choice when I went to college. I didn't pursue art. I pursued science. Yeah. And when I was working in a spider lab, so I did research on uh, wolf spiders in a spider lab. Wow. When I was working in a spider lab, two filmmakers from the BBC came because our spiders were these really cool spiders that did this particular dance. It was called a jerky tap dance. Hmm. The males performed this dance and they had these like big tufts on their forearms. And they produced this dance and it was like really cool and visual. Oh my God. Interesting. And so the BBC came and they did a, a documentary or part of a documentary on the spiders and they came for a couple of days and while I was working and I just watched them from afar and whatnot and I was fascinated. Mm -hmm. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I want to do. Like this marries <laughs> the art and the science of it. Yeah. So after that, I continued to work in biology for a couple of years and then went to a postgraduate degree program in New Zealand. 
that was focused on teaching people in the science field how to make films. Mm. So it was a natural history filmmaking program. Mm -hmm. So I spent a year there, got down and dirty, made an adorable little film with my film partner down there about the New Zealand longfin eel. Mm -hmm. So we traipsed around the countryside of New Zealand and captured eels and filmed them underwater and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That sounds amazing. And came out with a, a great little film. And then after that, I moved back to the States, landed in Boston at the PBS station there that does the science series Nova. Mm-hmm. And I worked on their web team for a couple of years. And my job on their web team was to produce science content. Mm-hmm. Right. And one of my jobs was to take the scenes from their hour long or however many hours long series yeah. that were on the cutting room floor, so to speak, and give them a new life, like put them on the web. Mm. So I was taking like the scraps that didn't make it into the final cut and piecing together little web videos. And this totally dates myself, but this was before web videos were like everywhere. Mm. Yeah. You know, so this was like, this was a fun sort of, you know, YouTube was there, but it nobody was putting content on it. You know what I mean? Like, uh, especially produced content. In the earlier days. Yeah. It was not popping off like it is now. Yeah. So I got to do that. So that's sort of how I backed my way into the editing world. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I went f- sort of freelance and I ended up doing um, like live video editing for a deep sea vessel called the Nautilus that would do these dives underwater and they'd satellite their footage Hmm. back on shore in Rhode Island. And me and another team member were putting together like daily news things and uh, getting their footage and putting together highlights of their finds and stuff. And that was a ton of fun. Wow. And then we, I moved down here to Charlotte and, you know, kept some of my clients, kept some of the work that I was doing there, but sort of you know, landed here and have continued to do some science filmmaking. And then, you know, in Charlotte, the commercial world is huge. So I started doing commercials. And also in Charlotte, the short film and the narrative world is huge. So I started doing that kind of stuff. So that's how it started. (laughs) Beginning, middle and end. And here we find ourselves. Oh, my goodness. I thought we were going to get a yeah, when I was little, I liked making films. And- no. When I was little, I wanted to be a marine biologist. Wow. That's so, awesome. You've been yeah. all over the place. And also being able to be a part of film. Yeah. I have a, I've, it's varied. Yeah. Like I could call myself an editor. That's definitely what I do for my bread and butter. But like I do it in lots of different facets. So I do like mm-hmm. educational animations for the PBS station here mm-hmm. in North Carolina. I've done educational series for companies i've done commercials mm-hmm. i've done narrative film yeah i yeah so anything i anything that involves editing i've done mm-hmm. the only thing i haven't done i feel is like a feature right i've not edited a feature yet yeah we'll get you there one day <laughs> that's fantastic after this podcast everyone's going to be coming out like edit our feature mm-hmm. yes <laughs> Before we continue with the interview, here's what's been going on in the news. Many of you who have been following along with the Batman release dates will know 
that this past Friday was the original release date. Many of us felt it heavy in our hearts that it was pushed back initially to October 1st, 2021, but then pushed all the way back to March 2022. So we still have a long time to go before we see the Batman. On the same note, Dune has also been announced that it will be pushed back from its October 1st release date to October 22nd. This release date lines up with the French Dispatch from Wes Anderson and also Edgar Wright's Last Night in the Soho being released. With that being said, let's get back to the interview with Melissa. The editing, has that kind of taken center stage in a sense? As far as, you know, you said you started in science. Yeah. Now it's editing. Now now I'm an editor. Yeah. Okay. It's basically post-production mm-hmm. the last couple of years. Like I, I can do, you know, I write. Uh, so it, it just really depends on the job. But in, in terms right. of like narrative films and commercials and stuff like that, Mm-hmm. I don't want to be on set. I don't want to, yeah. you know, I don't want to write. Like, just give me the footage <laughs> and I'll edit it. Yeah. Yeah. So it really depends on the project. But yeah, I like the post-production world best. Mm. That was going to be my next question because you mentioned making films in New Zealand. And I was going to see if that was anything that you're interested in. But sounds like you're just totally on the back end, hands off. Yeah, for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For now, I feel like I like writing and I like directing. I've done it before, mm-hmm. but I'm happy where I am. Yeah. yeah. That's not to say that I'm not going to get like a wild hair up my ass and <laughs> go do my own short or go do a series. But yeah, you're just sitting on your Oscar level feature waiting to shoot that, right? Yeah. But for right now, I yeah, post-production is my world. It's my jam. Mm. Wow. And so just from a quick browse on your IMDb, like everyone likes to do, Mm -hmm. it looks like in terms of narrative work, it's been relatively new, if I can say that. Yes. And also mainly shorts. I know you mentioned you haven't done any features yet. Right. What has it been like? How do you get approached to edit a short? I mean, spoiler alert or disclaimer, like you're editing my next short youth. So... (gasps) How did you approach me, Trey? (laughs) I kind of know how our interaction went, but generally, is it kind of the same or is it always different? The only shorts that I've edited have been through forming relationships like friends and friends of friends and people that I've met in the Charlotte film community. The first uh, narrative that I edited was a 48-hour film project. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And back when it was, like, relatively new in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And I weaseled my way on to Chris Baker's team because everybody was talking about how great of a director he is, blah, blah, blah. And so I sure I approached him and was like, I'm an editor. I'll do it. And it wasn't <laughs> until, like, halfway through the night where I admitted that this was my first narrative. Right. And he was mm-hmm. like, what? Oh my God. <laughs> like, too late you hired me like I'm here but, now. Um, back down now. <laughs> yeah we were like right in the, in the middle of it but it was it was fun and it was great and it was like that was the that was my sort of way to to get to, to get myself hired to be mm-hmm. uh, an editor on a narrative mm-hmm. yeah and after that I just did more with him and then mm-hmm. you know people saw my work approached me when they had the uh you know either the the 
they needed help or mm -hmm. they had a project that, you know, they were they're putting their heart and soul into and needed somebody to kind of carry that editing load. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And then it's just done bits and bobs. It's just been through relationships, friends. I like mm -hmm. to help out my friends and I like to make movies with them. That's what it comes mm -hmm. down to. Yeah. yeah. I'm not looking. I'm not looking for fame and fortune. I'm looking for a good time. You know? Yeah. There you go. I like Definitely. that answer. Yeah. Yeah, we uh we talked with a lot of guests and uh, I think that's the recurring thing is definitely enjoying when you're working with people is the biggest uh, thing for them. It's not necessarily for the biggest amount, you know, biggest paycheck or anything about right. that or that it's going to lead to something. It's more of, you know, do I enjoy these people and can I stand talking to them for yeah. an extended period of time? <laughs> so I have to tell you, one of my mentors at... Uh, at Nova and at PBS, he was an editor and he said to me, he said, there's three things when you're freelance, especially that you should consider when you're taking a job. You have to have mm -hmm. two of them at least. Okay. Right. One is the money. One is the people. One is the work. Mm -hmm. You have to have two of those three. So I when I do narratives, not a lot of. Right. Well, well, when I do narratives, it's it comes down to the people and the work. Like mm -hmm. I have to like your script. Like I have to, you know, be like, oh my gosh, this is something that needs to be made, mm -hmm. you yeah. know. And then I I have to like you. So mm -hmm. it's like and the people and getting to know the people. So it's yeah, that's sort of yeah. the rules that I live by. Mm -hmm. Other than the director, do you have any additional interaction with anyone on these production teams, or is it mainly just you and the director and the edit at the end? It, it depends where I come in in the process, I guess. Mm -hmm. I've worked on some shorts where I've been on set, just helped out. Yeah. Um, so I've met, you know, everybody, including the actors. Mm -hmm. um, I have been on set. I produced one of Chris or helped produce one of Chris Baker's films. So it was sort of like in on the planning and that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And then some films, I'm I just wait until the footage comes to me and yeah. then I get to work. So it, it depends on the project really. Mm -hmm. But so I guess the director, I've talked to, you know, the DPs and the sound, always the sound guy yeah. <laughs> or, or woman, always the sound person. Yeah. Cause there's always like, there's always some clarification, you know, like as I'm going through, cause sound, I, I know sound, but I don't know sound. So right. yeah. So I'm always like, checking with them and yeah. I feel like almost every project I've worked on, there's been like little issues with sound that I couldn't quite figure out that I had to. Yeah. So mm. it's like, what mic is this being recorded yeah. from? Yeah. yeah. Or like, oh my gosh, there's not room tone for the scene. Or did we get any, you know, did we get pickup lines for this or, yeah. you know, little things mm -hmm. like that. That brings yeah. up an interesting question because obviously, you know, you get, your notes at the end from like a script supervisor. And I know because I've had to do some of my own editing. That's the indie thing. You just do your own stuff, even when you're terrible at it. But, you know, those notes are helpful. And like that's for how you want to arrange a shot, which take to use, that kind of thing. But in terms of sound notes, do you get a lot of those? I know at higher levels, they can export those files to accompany their audio that can make it really helpful to know like what you're looking at. So I have not worked on a project that had the, the, the budget 
I guess, you know, to to take sound. I mean, I, I, well, no, let me rephrase that. I have worked on some films that I've gotten notes, but um, they're, you know, you're on set. Things are crazy. You know, things get lost. Things get lost in translation or I misplace something at the end. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've got, I've done some projects that have had notes with the audio, mm-hmm. but there's always, there's always, you know, again, like audio isn't my, I don't, Wheelhouse, it's not yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I always have questions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm that editor. <laughs> so with editing, what is it about editing that you enjoy the most? It, it seems like one of the, you're the invisible hand of the entire film, it seems. Like er, like editors, I don't think people understand the amount of power that an editor has. <laughs> you, that's, know? you know, that's the funny thing is that, I hate to say it because it makes me sound like maniacal, but it's the power. <laughs> it's the creative yes, power. Because <laughs> you can have, you know, a DP that does amazing work. You can have actors that do amazing work. They do take after take of the, you know, and mm-hmm. and you can have costumes that are amazing. But the yes. only way it gets on screen mm-hmm. is if it comes through me. Yes. And that, like, I am I am weirdly that that filter, that bottleneck, you know? Yeah. And I mean, the director is involved, et cetera. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not the only person. Yeah. But it, that's kind of, uh, that's kind of what I like about it is that I view myself as the first audience member. Mm-hmm. So when that footage comes to me, I, I don't, I don't like being on set for a couple of reasons, but right. when the footage comes to me, I see it on my screen as the first audience member. I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it was hot. I don't know if it was cold. I don't know if people were hungry. I don't know what Mm -hmm. like set drama happened. I don't know what's behind, what's off screen, you know, uh, what's out of that little box. Like I am the first audience member. And so I look at it that way. Like I'm the first audience member. I'm the first filter. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it, it, it comes down to the power. And it also is um, editing for me, at least, is pretty peaceful. You yeah. know, like being on set is chaotic. Right. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of voices. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of like stress and drama and like your timeline. You know, you're working on a timeline. There's stuff <laughs> First like. First 80s screaming yeah. at everybody. Yes. So like <laughs> I don't mind that, but that's definitely not where I thrive. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I like the process of getting the footage and sort of seeing it for the raw material that it is and not mm-hmm. having all of that production energy yeah. sort of clouding my view. Yeah. So, and I've I've worked on projects where I've um directed, like I've been on set and I've directed and then I've come home and my job was to edit the stuff that I shot. Yeah. And it was like, oh, this is a nightmare. You yes. know, the enti- I can't get out of my head. I should have got this. I should have done it this way. How am I going to like I yeah, I and that's why I, I am a firm believer that directors should find an editor, mm-hmm. you know, especially like young sort of uh, uh, people who are starting on the journey of making films. They should mm-hmm. find an editor and and team up with that editor and have that editor as part of their team because that is so much weight taken right. off the director 
and their brain and their ego too. There's a little bit mm -hmm. of, you know, like if you're starting out, you're not 100% sure about what you're doing. And if you have a good editor and mm -hmm. somebody who, you know, understands that process, you can, you know, there's a little bit of like, like soothing each other's ego through the whole, yeah. you know, filmmaking yeah. process that that's that can be really good. And then ultimately you you end up with a better a better film at the end because the editor is a different perspective as the first audience member because mm -hmm. I know directors can get in their head about what they shoot yeah. and having to edit it. Yeah. So it's too personal. Mm -hmm. And we talked about this on a previous episode with someone about how a cinematographer might be brought onto a project that's more experienced with a new director. And really, they're kind of the one directing, directing. even though you got someone else with the title. Uh -huh. I feel like some of that could be applied to having an experienced editor because there's so much you can do. Because I've been the director that is editing my own project and like I'm following the script. That's how it was in my head. I don't see yeah. any other way to put those clips together but meanwhile you get someone like melissa in there she isn't i mean she's seen the script probably but it doesn't matter like about that because your creative talent is that you can flip those two scenes you can mm -hmm. you know oh we didn't get that coverage well we didn't need that coverage we're gonna yeah. cut to this or, and or i look at it as my job is to creatively problem solve mm -hmm. you know yeah. i have to get your vision with what we've got mm -hmm. out to the world. And if that means following exactly how you shot it, then great. But if it means mm -hmm. getting a little creative with things and yeah. you know moving things around or, you know, I, I feel like that that outside perspective mm -hmm. of an editor is great. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I I end up doing a lot of the sort of, you know, heavy lifting in terms of like organizing the footage and doing the assembly, you know, like that's that's what I like too. And then the director is free then to move on to other projects. So it just move on to like other projects. So mm -hmm. it keeps the assembly line going. And mm -hmm. I, I like to finish what I start. Yeah. Which I know a lot of filmmakers when they're tasked with, you know, producing, directing, and then editing on top of that, that's yeah. where things die. That's where things <laughs> fizzle out because it's just the filmmaker by themselves you know, mm -hmm. typing away and pushing the buttons and it just yeah. seems endless and lonely, yeah. you know? And, and so, yeah, that's, that's where editors I think shine. And it's, it's fun to have, you know, I don't, I, I've never worked on a film where I've disagreed with a director about choices in terms of like, you know, Oh, I want this scene in front of that. You know, I've, I've never, mm -hmm. we've never like, there's never been like an angry disagreement or whatever, yeah. Yeah. but there's definitely times where, you know, the director's like, Oh, I envisioned it this way. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, well, I <laughs> envisioned yes. it this way. And let's mm -hmm. talk about that. Let's have a yeah. conversation about why you think it should be this way. Why I like it this way, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. I'm a different, and all the, all the filmmakers I work with have been men. Mm -hmm. So, I, I feel like there is a little bit of that, not just because I'm I'm a woman and I've worked with men, but there is a little bit of that. Like this is this is the emotion that I'm tapping into. This is what right. I feel when I watch this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so there's a little bit. 
of that back and forth too. And I, I'm one for sort of like pressing on those issues Mm-hmm. And, you know, because ultimately, in the end, I'm going to do what the director wants, but yeah. maybe not without like a little bit of a, are a you sure? Bit, hey, yeah. yeah. Like, are, yeah. are you, are you really sure? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because there's, there's also been like certain takes or certain scenes where I'm like ready to die on my sword for. I'm like, mm-hmm. just do not take this out. This shot, yes. this, this take gave me chills. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and. I have an instinct too, you know? Yeah. And again, I come at it from a fresh perspective. I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, the 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 hour that it took you to set up that dolly shot. I like yeah. the other one better. You know yeah. what I mean? Because of the performance yeah. or because of whatever. So I feel like they're I feel like having an editor in the process lends a lot. Like it's mm-hmm. only gonna make it better. If mm-hmm. if yeah. the editor and the director are like aligned and can work together as a team, it's only gonna make it better. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not afraid of just cutting things out, you know, like, Mm -hmm. again, like, I don't know how long it took you to get those shots, get rid of them, you know, they don't work for the story. Whereas, you know, some people might want to hang on to them for sentimental reasons. Yeah. I, uh, in my acting class, and I would say it's more of like a filmmaking class on top of it as well. My teacher always advises us that if we shoot a scene because he likes to shoot it very cinematically almost as if we're actually producing the thing uh but it's very like quick within an hour and type shot stuff but he he asks us to at least give it a shot to edit some of the stuff Mm -hmm. uh just to see what it looks like from an editor's perspective you know what it you know what you as an actor uh as an editor watching an actor like you know just to get that different perspective and there's always one example that it gives where uh an editor could you know a scene just could take or at least like an interaction could take 30 seconds but an editor could take that and stretch it out and make it like way more impactful based on little bits and pieces taken from other shots or at least like little uh snippets from whether it be b-roll or whatever and make it so much more impactful than just the 30 seconds that was initially meant for that one shot and i think that's where i love the idea that you're talking about and the fact that you get so creative with it. And I think that's so freeing for a director as well. You're a filmmaker alongside them as well, rather than just someone who's just pushing buttons and cutting footage and placing it. <laughs> and I can push buttons. I can do yeah. that. But yeah, that's that's what commercials are for. You know, yeah. where you've got like the agency that hires you and the agency that hires them and the, you know, eight layers of mm-hmm. uh, review that happens. But like, that's why I do narrative films because it is mm-hmm. it is just a creative play space, really. And mm-hmm. you get to the one thing that I feel like all editors have are their instincts. Right. And, you know, it I think it just comes from editing. It comes from watching films. It comes from you know, knowing stories and Mm -hmm. sort of just having like a a general pulse on things. But like it, I don't know if it can be taught uh, beyond just doing it Mm -hmm. and seeing what works and seeing what feels right. And Mm -hmm. so I I feel like there's a lot of intuition that goes along with it. And, Mm -hmm. you, you know, it's kind of touchy and feely sometimes 
how long yeah. you hold a shot, what yeah. feels right, like what uh, what makes you feel uncomfortable, you mm-hmm. know, what if you want to feel uncomfortable, if you want the audience to feel uncomfortable. Yeah. I think that just comes down to, again, like me being that first audience member. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah. I if I feel uncomfortable watching this, I, I'm pretty sure yeah. other, people other people will. People. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So or if I feel emotional watching this. You're, you know, if I'm rooting for this person or I don't like that or if I'm getting chills, yeah, that mm-hmm. that is that's the other thing is you have somebody else's instincts, mm-hmm. you know, like, again, because I could push buttons all day long. <laughs> but um, that's why I work on narrative films is to have have that like that itch scratched a little bit, mm-hmm. that creative mm-hmm. itch. Yeah. And you mentioned a little bit ago about obviously the fact that you're a female working with probably predominantly males. I personally think that's a benefit because when I approach projects, I want it to feel balanced. And I know that I don't have certain bandwidth that you probably have to gauge how something comes across. And so for me, that's just an asset of having a female working at that stage and knowing how that emotion comes across, how that shot, how those actions go together. Because if they land for both of us, well, we got everyone. Yeah. Like and it's not Fast and making, Furious 9. Like and- Fast and Furious. Did you just mention Fast and yes. Furious? That's what I was just going to say. Like unless you're cutting <laughs> Fast and Furious, 50% of your audience is going to be right. female. And, you know, and maybe for those movies, they know their audience and they don't care as much. But like for me... Even if my mm-hmm. film might be directed at men, I want it to be balanced. Like I want mm-hmm. it to hit everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's an asset, and hopefully that's more and more of a thing. And like get out of stereotypes or any kind of boxes that people are in, because mm-hmm. I just I don't think it makes any sense anymore. Yeah, and I've been told um, before that I am not a technical editor. I don't know if that was like an insult or I think it was meant as a compliment, but I was told that I am not the type of person that will sit there and, you know, talk endlessly about the, you know, aspect ratios and, you know, all the like technical stuff that goes into it. Like, yeah. I, I can do that, but that's not what interests me. Mm -hmm. I I don't, I, that is just a means to an end, Mm -hmm. you know? So there's a little bit of, of, from my perspective, again, like I don't come to this from film. I didn't come to it from wanting to be an editor. So I feel like I have to be an editor. Yeah. I came to it from a storytelling perspective. And so I'm just another voice in that story making process. Right. Mm-hmm. That's huge. I, yeah. I think yeah. that's a big asset. Yeah. I think that's really good, especially in, I don't think it's being so drowned in the industry 24 7 about being an editor but rather being like you said a movie goer like mm-hmm. someone who watches films and enjoys them definitely i i can see that definitely as an asset because uh you know you talk about editing being kind of this you just have a feeling about some things and you just go with uh your gut instinct on some things and i know there's some people in the industry that they'll sit there and pick apart every single frame and they'll sit there and like every like little detail. And I, 
as much as that's important, you know, when you do get down and you get the initial cut, all that sort of stuff. But, you know, just having that initial gut feeling that when, like you said, holding on a certain uh, shot for a little bit longer, it might be a little bit longer than a lot of other people uh, would feel natural about, but that could be showing poignancy or whatever to mm-hmm. a shot. And mm-hmm. uh, I think that's uh, big, just definitely not being enveloped in the industry constantly and coming from a different perspective uh, somewhere outside of the industry. And can I, can I admit to you that I am not a big movie watcher? Really? Like to me, it's not about the movies. Mm -hmm. It's about the stories. So like I will, I'll watch a movie if it's Mm -hmm. good, you know, if I like it, Um, I'll watch shows. I love watching like the episodic shows. Mm -hmm. I I'll watch short shorts you know, because yeah. they're in my world, but I like it, none of that matters. Like the the art, the the form it comes in doesn't matter. I'm a huge mm-hmm. reader. Like I love yeah. fiction. Mm-hmm. I love novels. So it it doesn't matter the form that it comes in. It's the storytelling. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I I mm-hmm. wish I could write a book. I would love yes. to write a book, but I'm not. I'm not there yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Your time's coming. Right. <laughs> it's right um, there alongside the feature. Exactly. At the same exact time. Yeah, I still have time. A companion um, <laughs> novel. But I, I love the story aspect of it. And again, that, that makes me not technical, I guess. But it, it I, I'm, a, a, I guess, a versed enough watcher and knower of stories. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't consider myself a film buff. I don't consider myself someone in the industry Mm-hmm. Because I it it that and and I don't necessarily am not aiming for that. Yeah, I'm just aiming to fill you know my life with really great stories and be part mm-hmm. of making those. You know, yeah. and film is where I find myself. If I mm-hmm. ever I put pen to paper, get my ass in gear to write a novel, <laughs> you know, maybe that's the way I do it. It seems like it would be a whole heck of a lot cheaper, I guess, mm-hmm. and involve <laughs> a lot less people. I don't know. I've never, I've never writ- written a novel, no. but a um, yeah. So yeah, it, it it comes down to like the the story aspect of it that I'm really interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think if I don't know, I'm just trying to think about our interactions we've had talking about youth. I'm plugging youth really hard tonight, guys. So just, I really <laughs> want everyone cool. to see it. Yo, but, everyone, have you heard? Yeah. Heard Trey's working. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there's time to be technical. We had a conversation about if a certain shot could be pulled off. And, mm-hmm. like, that's that's going to be in every project. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when I think about most of the conversations, they were never about any of that. It was about, like, what are you trying to do with this story? Right. What, are, you trying to what say? Right. are the characters feeling? How do you want uh-huh. the audience to feel? Things like that. And I mean, I don't know, I'm a little biased, I guess, but those are the questions I feel like ones to be asked, not, uh-huh. you know, how did you do this exactly in Premiere yeah. Pro? I mean, like, I will eventually ask you what you're shooting in. And what I what footage mm-hmm. I should be prepared for because that will affect <laughs> me. But once once it's transcoded and in my system, I don't care. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. it it comes down to what are you trying to say? Sure. Yeah. And I don't know. I think people get too caught up in the technicalities, mm-hmm. especially at this level, and then you end up not making your project because of it. 
And that kind of leads into my question, because everyone's going to ask, or everyone asked, does it matter what you edit with? Can you make, I don't know, I'll use one of your projects, Writer's Block, for instance. Great short film from Daniel Hamby, one of our good friends. Mm-hmm. But can you edit that in Movie Maker and have the same effect? Or do you need Premiere Pro? Like, obviously, there's advanced elements that allow you to do that. But I just want to kind of dig at that idea that you need the best of the best mm-hmm. to do things. I think it depends. <sighs> we'll use, use Movie. What is it? iMovie? iMovie or yeah, yeah, I use Premiere Pro. Mm-hmm. It, I, but it, I used Final Cut before, and but yeah. it depends on what you're making. Yeah, you know, it depends on who is helping you make it. Right. You know, if you're making a a film like Writer's Block, and you've got access to a DP, to a camera, to 4K footage to, you know, all the stuff that it takes to make a movie uh, mm-hmm. and make not just make a movie, but make a movie look good. Right. Then, yeah, you probably want to have higher. You, you, but I mean, pre- Premiere Pro. Yeah, you, it's not Avid. You, you know, you can get it. You can download it. You can, you know, have a subscription to it. It's it's not like it's inaccessible. Yeah. You just mm-hmm. have to teach yourself to use it. And you yeah. can teach yourself to use it simply or you could know all the tricks and, and trades and everything. I still, mm-hmm. when I edit, I still have things that I know I could probably do more, more efficiently with keystrokes or whatever. But it's just mm-hmm. in my, you know, I've been doing it the yeah. same since yeah. I started. So that's how I do it. Yeah. But if you, I feel like... If you don't have access to the nice camera, if you don't have access to like the full production uh, crew, et cetera, et cetera, then there's you can do whatever makes sense to cut Mm -hmm. and put one shot next to the other, whatever it takes. You edit it in your iPhone. You know what I mean? Like it it doesn't matter as long as the story's there. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think there is. I think there is tricks and tip tips and tricks that you can do to make it not look so amateurish. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if you're starting out um, and, yeah. but a lot of those things you don't learn until you learn them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Until you've cut something and you're like, that's not how I thought it was going to be. And so the next film you do something different. So, yeah. you know, the, the, there's like a basic level of like, these are the techniques that you use in editing that mm-hmm. won't throw the audience into uh, a tizzy, you know, because they're known, you know, mm-hmm. the the J and the L cuts and the, you know, um, leading in with sound and no jump cuts and stuff like that. But those rules are broken all the time. Right. It just depends on what you're doing. I mean, you watch any YouTube video or whatever, and there's jump cuts all over the place, mm-hmm. right? But if you're watching a narrative film, unless there's a reason for that jump cut, it is jarring. So there's certain things right. like, but again, like it, it's, you don't have to have, you could edit in anything. It's yeah. just putting one picture next to the other. That's it. Mm-hmm. One clip next to the other. Right. Yeah. So <laughs> it simplified my entire job. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it. <laughs> yep. No. That's your whole job in a nutshell. Yep. I mean, I remember as early as we had a computer, 
which I guess dates me, even though I'm still young by all accounts. Like, just Windows Movie Maker, you put two pictures together and you zoom in. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. That can create an emotion? You throw a little uh, you know, royalty-free music on top of that, boom, like, you're mm-hmm. feeling something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, you can use Avid and know how to use all the knobs and the little roller pads and everything they have, but yeah, you don't. It's all need just it. fancy. It's all it's all yeah. just the fancy stuff yeah. to do the simple thing. And I, you know, back when I was um, still in the science field, I did a little uh, film workshop in Austin, Texas, and they had us edit in camera. So they basically mm. were like, for the first couple of projects, they were like, film it in order. Oh. And 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 you know line it up and so it was like it was a nice little you know two minute short film that we shot kind of in order and we just sort of did it within the camera and that was it. Wow. So it's wow. like you don't you know you don't necessarily need to even edit if you I don't right. I, I wouldn't wish that on anybody that's crazy but <laughs> yes, like that, depending that on who's bonkers. listening and what level they are you know it's like you, you could do something like that we would rewind. You know, if we did mm-hmm. a shot that we didn't like, we would rewind it to like that mm-hmm. point and, and tape over, yeah. tape, tape, mm-hmm. you know, tape. <laughs> yeah. So uh, that totally dates me. But that's what we would do, <laughs> you know, and it was, that was fine. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Wow. I think, well, you know, our hope with this whole podcast is that we're kind of opening doors or at least influencing, inspiring whatever people at, our level, higher than our level even perhaps, but you know, maybe more so lower, that you you can do these things. It's a matter mm-hmm. of passion. It's a matter of putting in the time and the effort mm-hmm. and getting a good group of people around you. Yeah. And if you go back to your three things that you look for in a project, you know, maybe the money is not there, but the people yeah. and the story... Like, yeah. you can get that right now. Anyone mm-hmm. can do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's really important, and I gl- I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I, I've worked with some people that I would drive states away to be on their production mm-hmm. just because I know them as people. And honestly, you know, as long as I know they have a uh, vision and it means a lot to them, I'll do a lot for I'll do a lot for people. So I think that's a really good, really good point. And I think too, you know, I think it depends on uh, what you're trying to get out of this. Like Mm -hmm. film is really hard. It's one of the most difficult like mediums to create your art. You know, if Mm -hmm. I was a painter, I could sit down and I could have my paint and my canvas and my brushes and Mm -hmm. by myself create art. Um, Or a writer, again, like I've got my, my computer and my mind and Mm -hmm. film is, is, is a lot. It involves a lot. Yeah. So So like, I think it depends, like for me, I feel like when I was younger, there was that part of me that was like, oh, I want to make it, you know, like I want to get out there and I want to do this amazing stuff and I want to be somebody, you know, quote, somebody, Mm -hmm. like make a name for myself. Yeah, as if you weren't already. Well, but but then you you realize that like, you know, at least me, I realize that like I am I I I'm do I'm doing this for a living. Yeah, I I've made it. I don't Mm -hmm. care like 
if I'm a big name, I get to mm-hmm. do, I'm doing what I like. So it's like, I like the process of what I do. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, if people are making films and they are struggling through it just to be somebody, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah. You gotta, you, you have to like love the dirty part of it. Like mm-hmm. the, the hard parts of it. Yeah. That's, and then like, if you just keep doing it, like what, what does it matter if you make a name, if you're making good stories and people are watching them and having fun and you know, I don't know, that doesn't matter to me. I just, I just like do it. I like the day to day of it. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times that will come along with going through that process. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you make a living. Okay. What's wrong with that? Yeah. Maybe you somehow take off and you're working with no one. Who knows? Like, either way, you got to find a way for it to be sustainable. And, like, mm-hmm. everyone has a life, family, whatever. So, yeah, yeah we think that's important here at Cinevibes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, 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 like, right now I couldn't make a living editing narrative films. Mm-hmm. You know, so I make my living doing commercials or, you yeah. know. Uh, doing PR things or doing educational things. And mm-hmm. then the narrative stuff is just the fun stuff I get to do on the side. But I like yeah. this. I like doing all of the bread and butter things mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So, and I get to use my craft, you know, I say that in quotes, yeah. I get to use my craft while doing it. So mm-hmm. it's just a different set of muscles, I guess. Right. Yeah. That you exercise. Yeah. We, that day to day is something I think, uh, a lot of people outside of the industry don't see. <laughs> they see the glitz, glamour, premieres, red carpets, all that sort of stuff. But the day in, day out, waking up and uh, having to just sit down I, as an editor, probably sitting down in front of a computer and getting to work and, you know, making those cuts and those different edits of what you have to do. It's not as glamorous as a lot of people tend to see and so if you are interested in getting into it you've got to take the whole not just the uh one percent of premieres and the finished product are you i i have a red carpet in my office what are you talking about oh, oh, <laughs> i walk oh. in i deck out into the nines in order to edit yes. i edit mm. in heels <laughs> she's wearing a amazingly stunning dress right now yes. just for yeah, this interview sequins and sparkles it's amazing <laughs> Cameras flashing in the background. Uh-huh. I think obviously we're going to have to have a part two to this episode because we're mm-hmm. just out of time, but there's so many more questions. I know I yeah. have, and I'm sure Ken does as well. Oh my God, yeah. But to cap this one off, if someone for some reason was trying to take a risk on doing this for a living or any other amount of editing that there is out there, what would you say to him? Like, what's step one? Oh, geez. Go um, to New Zealand, perhaps? Yeah, like research spiders. Get some yes. uh, inspiration <laughs> from PBS and those yeah. types of places. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I didn't come at it in a normal, like, I'm going to go to film school. I want to be an editor. I'm going to go to film school. But mm-hmm. I did come at it in a way of, like, I want to be involved in production. What mm-hmm. suits me best? Yeah. What suits my personality? What suits my, um, you know, my skill set? What part do I enjoy the most? Mm-hmm. And I found that out 
by making films. So I find that out by writing and, you know, doing the production and doing camera work and being the sound person. And, you know, because I we for the first couple of films I made, I kind of did it all uh, Mm -hmm. along with my film partner. We played every single role and it wasn't until we kind of got in the edit suite that it was like, oh, my God, I can breathe. You know, mm-hmm. like production's really stressful for me. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm yes. a type A person. I like to have my ducks in a row. And there's just so many ways that ducks aren't in a row as in life. As soon as you get there, the ducks are running amok. Right, right. <laughs> and um, so I found through my experience that that was the most predictable place I could be. Mm-hmm. It was predictable. And I liked mm-hmm. that. And so I found in the world of production, and I did not imagine myself as an editor when I started out. I was like, I'm going to be a director. I'm going to be a writer. I'm going to be mm-hmm. at the front end of this. I want to come up yeah. with the ideas. Mm-hmm. And it it uh, once I got into it and did all the roles, it was like, no, nah, I'm not sure I dig that part. I like I like this part much yeah. better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I landed in a role. Um, where I would I could do that, and mm-hmm. I mean, as luck would have it, that's I mean that was amazing. That was a total stroke of of luck on um, landing in the web team and doing the post production side of things. Yeah, and then from there, it was almost really hard to get back into produ- the production side of it. Once I was in post, mm-hmm. it was like I don't want to do this. It's too stressful. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I um, I guess how you get started is just to know what it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like I don't know. I don't know of anybody. I mean, I don't I don't uh, socialize with a lot of other editors, mm-hmm. you know, but the ones that I talk to have come in through that production route mm-hmm. and been like, oh, wait, no, this is where I I want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know of anybody personally. Way, yeah. Right? That has has, yeah. you know, started out being like, I want to be an editor and yeah. then went for that. I feel mm-hmm. like people say, I want to do something with film and then f- figure out like, oh, I actually like editing. But again, I don't know yeah. a ton of editors. So yeah. um, there may be people out there. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so Some I, I, trail I yeah, I get and I guess mm-hmm. that's my advice is that yeah. just figure out what like what you like about it and then do mm-hmm. that thing. Yeah, you yeah. do that process. And um, yeah, so that would be my advice. Figure out what you want to do and do that thing. Mm -hmm. I like it. Yeah, really good. And I think it's only through trial and error that you do. You know, you got to figure out the things you don't like to figure Mm -hmm. out what you do like. You know, that's life advice, by the way. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fits so perfectly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with that being said, what have you been watching recently? What content have you been consuming recently? Might be a tough question since you said you don't watch a whole lot. Oh, I, I, I'm not a movie watcher. Okay. But the but last movie series. I watched, I, I do watch series. The last movie I watched was In the Heights because you have to. Oh, uh, I just okay. saw that. But in terms nice. of I watched, I just binge watched uh, Shrill, which is delightful. Okay. Ted Lasso. Where's Shrill at? Shrill is on Hulu, I believe. Okay. And Black Lady Sketch Show on HBO is really good. Okay. Binge mm-hmm. watched that recently. By the way, I didn't want to ignore Ted Lasso. I was going to say, Ted Lasso is really good. Ted Lasso, Trey's got Ted Lasso. He knows all about length. it. Yeah. 
That was that was a breath of fresh air. Yes, we all yeah. needed that in 2020. Yeah. But those are those are the, the that's sort of what I've been watching. Really, yeah. yeah. Nice. What did you think about in the Heights? Just a hot take if you are looking at it. You know from what? An from an, I actually have an opinion on this from an editing mm. perspective. Like I can't. I, I haven't seen the Broadway show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I was. There were times in the movie where I mm-hmm. wanted them to stop cutting from scene to scene. Like it was, yeah. it was, it was a lot. And specifically during like the, the dance numbers, mm-hmm. it was really quick, which gave it a ton of energy, but like yeah. leaving it would have been fine. And I would mm-hmm. have been able to see the choreography and like the actual dancers do the actual moves. Right. You know, when you, you see a stage show, right. And there's dancing, mm-hmm. like it's, you, you, your eyes wander and you get to look at the entire scene yeah. and focus in. And, and I guess it may just be the translation of like a mu- musical with dancing onto mm-hmm. screen that you just can't do that. They force you to look in certain areas and it bugged me after a while because right. I didn't yeah. want to leave. I wanted to see that dancer <laughs> finish that move and I yeah. couldn't and you didn't let me and I'm mad about it. I'm thinking <laughs> of the pool scene specifically. I wanted the to pool scene. On yeah, I wanted to. S- I mean, that was an amazing, like, uh, uh, amazing venue, right. and mm-hmm. they had all those in the water, all those people in the water, and it just would have been cool to sit there for more than two seconds. They're probably like, "Oh man, this doesn't line up. We got to just cut this real quick, to, yeah. so no one can follow what's happening." Right. <laughs> well, and then also the the one scene where it was before the the salon moves and they have that like dance party before the lights come on again. And mm-hmm. like it was so quick and mm-hmm. it was. Yeah. yeah. So I, I feel like I having seen the movie, I now have to see the stage show because sure. I want to see it in yeah. its original form because I want to I want to take that in. So, yeah, yeah, that's my humble opinion yeah hot take <laughs> yeah but oh i mean nice. otherwise or even with that like i'm like that was a that was a great movie it was yeah. fun yeah. same awesome well we really appreciate you coming on taking some time out of your day to be with us no problem mm. and we hope yeah. to hear from you soon and yeah. we'll keep an eye out for any other projects you're working on like like youth like youth yes oh, oh wait wait youth yeah wait <laughs> ken have youth? you heard about youth it's no, my short wait, film what is Oh, it's your, you're making a short film yeah. called Youth. Oh. It's my first time. Wow. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll have to keep track <laughs> of that. But yeah, where can people follow you on social meds or anything at all? How can people keep track of you and when you're going to drop your uh, novel and feature <laughs> film? Um, I'm on Facebook. I don't have any other social media things. Okay. So Facebook. Okay, that's or reliable. Got you. I have a website. It's a sad little thing, but uh, it's a website. Nice. And yeah. We'll have that in the description yeah. for people to go check out. And then if you have IMDb Pro, go follow her there. Yeah, tracking. It's awesome when you see people you know on there because usually I follow a lot of, you know, Brad Pitt or whoever. But then when you <laughs> see you're actually someone you know has a new project, you're like, oh, shoot, yeah. like, that's cool. You, you know, it's like, funny is I don't know what's on my IMDb. I'm looking it up right now. Well, it's got a pretty nice little list of Nova projects. Yeah. I was an actress in Creepshow 3. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I was an extra, so. and then they gave me a speaking line. Yeah. Oh. Wow. That's amazing. Upgrade. I know. Jack of all trades. Yeah. 
<laughs> nice. All right. We appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for being here. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this episode again. Thank you for joining us on this amazing Monday. If you've stuck with us this far, you're beautiful. You're amazing. You're fantastic. We love you. Hopefully you've enjoyed our conversation with Melissa. She brought up a lot of really good points that I don't think many people think of. She talked at length about editing, and I don't think that's something many people think about uh, when they're making films. And we talk about directors also being the editor and why it's important to step away from the project and not have such a closeness to it. Yeah. So hopefully you enjoyed the conversation we had she's very knowledgeable and very uh, amazing to talk to so if you're in the charlotte area and you're making a short film or a feature film or you're thinking about getting a novel funded uh (laughs) hit her up but uh she she's a fantastic person so if you have the opportunity to work with her definitely do so and also watch out for trey's uh trey's little uh, little unknown short film on this podcast uh youth that will be edited by miss melissa Let's see that come to fruition. And let us know if you'd like to hear her continue talking about editing a part two, part three, perhaps, because we had a lot of questions left and perhaps you do as well. So you can shoot those to us in an email if you'd like. An email? Yes. The primitive form of sending digital content. (laughs) Uh, You can email us at cinevibescast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And if you're a little bit more advanced, perhaps into the social medias. The social medias, if you will. Yes. You can send us a message there at the Cinevibes and we'll get back to you and perhaps have your question featured. Yes. Well, with that being said. You need to subscribe on all the platforms first. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh uh, go go follow us on every single social media platform, please. We're we're begging you. We love you. <laughs> if you follow us on Facebook, though, that is not us. So just want to throw that out there. Yes, if there's there's an imposter cinevibes running around, <laughs> uh, they're using every little bit of our information, and do not give them those uh, digits on the front of your card and the three wacky digits on the back. If you are on Facebook, that's the best place to find Melissa, by the way. Mm -hmm. So just type in that name that you'll see in the title, and you can find her and reach out. And we've got her website in the show notes as well. Yes. And with that being said, thank you for journeying with us. It's been an amazing trip. And we are... Out. Out.